Is this the year you want to grow your business? Do you want to expand your team? Build a new office? Hey, it's Tug, and I want to tell you about First Liberty Building and Loan. Aren't you exhausted by going to lenders, building a relationship, and a week later, you're dealing with a new person? You won't have to with First Liberty Building and Loan. The Frost family has been helping businesses grow since the 90s, and they can help you too. They know the patterns, they know the ebbs and flows, and they know business. Now the Frost family wants to know you. FirstLibertyGA.com. Buying a building, building a building, buying a franchise, or expanding. Reach out and spend 10 minutes with them. See if you're a fit for them and if they're a fit for you. FirstLibertyGA.com. By the way, if you're a young banker and you want to work with a team that's faith-friendly with a culture of excellence, First Liberty might be a good match. Reach out to First Liberty Building and Loan at FirstLibertyGA.com. That's FirstLibertyGA.com. Six. Welcome to another episode of 643, part of the podcast park network of podcasts for 680 The Fan. Yours truly, Dylan Short, here with you as per usual, whenever time allows me to get one of these out there. But got some good news to talk about from yesterday, and boy, did the Braves ever need it. Because before we get all of the fun stuff, let's get the, let's get the not-so-fun stuff out of the way. That series against the Blue Jays, that was the worst baseball I've seen the Braves play for quite a while. And that final game in particular, that Sunday game, whew, it just, at no point in that game did I ever feel comfortable that we were winning. And that was one of those times where you see this sometimes with the Braves, where all of a sudden they forget how to play defense. And, and that entire series was, was a good example of that. I want to say it was kind of similar to the Astros series where the defense was, was pretty bad as well. It's, that, this, that tends to happen with this Braves team. When it all goes bad, it all goes very, very bad. Unfortunately, though, where... where it was so irritating is they wasted two outstanding starts from Spencer Strider and Bryce Elder. Now, Bryce's wasn't quite as sterling as Spencer's, but it was still a dang good start against a really good, really deep Toronto lineup. And he just kind of wasted both of those. And with Max and Kyle Wright, who just got placed on the 60-day IL yesterday, saw some people freaking out about that. Shouldn't be worried. He you know, told you himself that he's going to be out for two months and probably longer than that. But that's, that's not what I was hoping to see. You had Strider start on Saturday, which I, I, I don't know how you weren't able to win that start. I don't. You face Toronto, and you don't face Alec Manoa or Kevin Gosman, and you get swept. Don't know how that happens, but particularly when you had probably the best version of Strider that we've had this season, went six and two-thirds, did give up five hits and two earned runs, but he only had one walk and 12 strikeouts in that game. And Kirby Yates gives up a a bomb, and at that point it doesn't matter because the Braves weren't able to score. They mustered all of two hits against Chris Bassett, who they allowed to throw a complete game shutout. Uh, Two walks and eight Ks, and only had four base runners in total in that ballgame. Not going to win a lot of games when you don't score runs. That's kind of how it goes. So you wasted that start, which was bad enough. 
Then you had a Bryce Elder start the following day on Saturday, where Bryce went five innings, gave up five hits, allowed two runs, one walk, and three strikeouts. Which, not a bad start. Again, the Blue Jays are a really good lineup. You look at Bryce Elder, his ERA still under two. He's had a great season. That game, you had seven hits, but you weren't able to do anything with them. And the what irritates me about that one is the starter for Toronto in that game was Jose Barrios, who you allowed to go five and two-thirds. You got six hits and two runs off him, and he walked three of you. Only struck out three, but Jose Barrios is not a good pitcher. Then you got into Sunday, which was a bullpen game. And bullpen games are always finicky because you got to trust a lot of guys to be on their game. You got one and two-thirds out of Colin McHugh, who gave up three runs, all of them unearned, because the defense decided they didn't want to show up. You had an error by Matt Olson, an error by Ozzie Albies, an error by Kevin Pillar. Probably could have charged an error to um, to Ronald Acuna Jr. as well. It was just a, a, a very, very bad showing from the defense in that game. And on the other side of things, you scored five. You rocked Yusei Kikuchi for four earned runs and five runs in total, but you didn't score after the fourth inning. Bullpen ends up blowing it late. That was one where Rysel Iglesias blows the save. That was about as low as I've been as a Braves fan this entire year. Luckily, I don't know what was said on the plane ride. I don't know what they talked about. I don't know what kind of juju they reinforced. But whatever it did, it sure worked last night. Playing in Texas against another really, really good team, the Texas Rangers are probably the, the most surprising team in baseball that nobody's really talking about. Same record as the Braves entering into last night, 25-15 and 15 for both teams. Braves win 12 to nothing behind an outstanding start from Charlie Morton, who goes six and two-thirds, seven hits, one walk, ten strikeouts, as the old swing and miss Charlie Morton was back to full effect last night. That bumps Charlie's ERA under three, making the Braves, and there's been a lot said about the Braves and their starting rotation this year, sometimes very fairly. But you look at the Braves' rotation, and they are the only team in baseball right now with three members of the rotation under a three ERA. So starting pitching hasn't been a problem lately. Lately, it's been the bullpen. It's been pretty much everybody in the bullpen. A.J. Minter's been terrible, and, and look, I'm a very analytical guy. You look at the StatCast page, you look at the FIP and everything like that, and it's not bad. He's not getting beat on terrible pitches for the most part. But at some point, results have to kind of match. And until those results kind of match, A.J. doesn't need to be in super high-pressure situations. Because at this point in time, he's likely your third-best lefty just, just on a day-to-day basis right now. Now, Danny Young just got optioned as it'll be Jared Schuster making the start tonight. What this kind of does go to show, though, is something that's kind of been going on with the Braves all year. Absolutely crushing lefties. And I mean crushing them. Basically on par with the Rays versus lefties. Versus righties, they're right at league average, like right at 100 WRC+, plus, 101, 102 WRC+, plus against right-handed pitching this year. And that's because, essentially, the only guys who are really doing much against right-handed pitching that play all the time are Ronald and Sean Murphy. Everybody else is kind of struggling versus right-handed pitching. That's going to have to change. Michael Harris is going to start picking it up. Look, we talked about it with Vaughn. We talked about it with other players. When they struggle... It's only fair to call everybody out. Right now, Michael Harris, I don't know if it's still kind of figuring out the knee thing. I don't know if it's still kind of getting into the swing of things. But he's not been good this year, offensively. Defensively, he's been fine. But offensively, he's he's not been good. He's running like a 60% ground ball rate, and that's not really going to cut it over the course of a full season. I'm not worried. He'll figure it out. He's too talented not to. But it is that kind of sophomore slump type of thing. Now, I thought that Michael Harris would be kind of immune to this. And again, it's it's still early. It's May 16th. So 
we'll, we'll see how these numbers hold as we get towards the all-star break but you start looking at what's going to happen tonight you get another good opportunity against a, a not great pitcher for texas you got dane dunning um who actually i say not good but he's got a 172 era so far this year uh, he's actually pitched very well doesn't strike anybody out in 31 to third innings he's got 19 strikeouts seven walks He's got a whip of .86, ERA of one seven two. So he's been been pretty good for them this year. I'm, that's actually very surprising. I've, I've seen a lot of Dane Dunning uh, in the past, and he was one of the worst starters you'd find in Major League Baseball. So, I mean, good for him. Former first-round pick of the Washington Nationals, 28 years old. It's good for him that he's kind of figured some things out. And he's even got uh, a two nine six FIP. So he's actually he's pitched very, very well. But he doesn't strike anybody out. Whenever you give up a lot of contact, he's actually kind of been more in the bullpen than anything. He's really just filling in for Jacob DeGrom, I believe. Um, but in his, in, he's appeared in 10 games, two starts, 31 in the third inning. I'm about to take a look here and, and see what he's actually been like as a starter. Don't really care about what he's like as a reliever. Chances are he's probably not going to go really deep into this game. Yeah, as you look at him as a starter, it's 164 ERA versus the 177. Uh, opponents hitting 205, 244, 205. So he's pitched well. He's, he's pitched pretty good this year. Nothing for, for Texas to be upset about, especially if you have to kind of drop him in the rotation until DeGrom gets back. But he's not a guy that's got overpowering stuff. And for a team in the Braves that has really struggled against right-handed pitching this year, collectively as a group, this would be a good opportunity to have a guy that's probably going to give up a lot of contact to try to work some things out. Now, Texas is a good team. And facing off against Jared Schuster... Um, last time we saw Schuster, it was not exactly good. He's got an ERA up over eight in the bigs. Now that's, that's, you know, first time through, he only has one start in the bigs, you know, that's fine. Or two starts in the bigs, I'm sorry. Eight and two thirds, um, walking almost twice as many as he's striking out. That's not going to work out well, but he's pitched better in Gwinnett. Uh, he's got a three, two, eight in triple A with a four, three, seven fifth. That's not great, but it's not terrible. Not giving up home runs. Walks have been a big struggle for him all the way through this year, so hopefully he can find a way to kind of keep that in check. The Rangers, like I mentioned, they are a, they are a deceptively good ball club. You look at what they've got as far as offense. Now, last night, Charlie Morton was at his best. They did get 10 hits. The Rangers did. Marcus Semien went three for five. He's hitting 297, 382, 479 on the year. Got to be careful of him. Nathaniel Lau was not really broken out yet this year. He's got a 781 OPS, but he's typically really good. Adelise Garcia, he's sitting at a 799 OPS. I believe he leads the league in RBI right now. Um, Josh Young, he's really put some good stuff together, still not walking or anything like that. They've got some pieces on that Rangers squad that are pretty fun. Uh, I'd be very surprised to see them win the West, but at least for now, they've played some really, really good baseball. Which is why yesterday was so nice for me as a Braves fan to see them come out against a team that's been really, really good and been, in my opinion, the surprise team in baseball now that the Pirates have kind of cooled off. You look around at what the, the Rangers are overall, they're a pretty good ball club. I don't think that they're, you know, I don't think they're this good year-round, but, but they're surprisingly stout pretty much all the way through. I think they're a pretty good team. It, it, it's not going to be a cakewalk for Jared Schuster, that's for sure. He's gonna have to um, he's gonna have to do some good work tonight. Now, I don't know exactly what you do to handle the bullpen. You got to kind of just kind of work through it. It's been multiple guys, and look, you have to have AJ Minter and Rysel Iglesias working out well in your bullpen. And Colin McHugh. Now, Colin, you know there was the the errors and stuff which weren't great, but Colin um, 
And I don't, I don't want to seem bad because, you know, he goes on 680 all the time. And I like Colin. I think he's a good dude. I think he's a good pitcher. I don't think he's – I. I don't think he's one of the better pitchers on this roster. I think Michael Tonkin might have kind of surpassed him. And that's that's not a knock on anybody. It's been great what Michael Tonkin's been able to do. Um, but that, that's, that's kind of where you're standing with the bullpen. You kind of want to take them out of it, if at all possible. You want to be able to kind of, you know, only have to deal with your starters most of the way through. Now, I'm really – and it, this could blow up in the Braves' face. Jared Schuster could get blown up tonight. It, it's certainly possible. Uh, I would say – that I'm very happy that they're doing this and that we're not going with a bullpen game. That's kind of my main thing here. Is I'm, I'm about over bullpen games for the Braves right now at this point. I don't really need to see it anymore. Uh, I think the Braves have a decent enough bullpen. I know what they're doing right now has not been great. But eventually those numbers will, will probably turn. And I, I say probably, they will turn. They're not going to continue to be... Uh, as bad as they are right now. You know, one of the things I'm looking at is I'm trying to check the team numbers right now and see how they are versus lefties. I have a feeling the Rangers are, are probably pretty good against lefties. They got some some right-handed thump in that bat that just kind of makes you go, eh, I don't really want to deal with that. You look at them right now, and they're, well, they're 13th. So that's not, that's not super crazy. They're actually ahead of Atlanta versus left-handed pitching, which is a little wild considering that Atlanta has been really crushing the lefties this year. That doesn't make a lot of sense to me. I don't know that I actually buy that. Uh, just looking at the advanced numbers here, Braves are ranked 16th with a 156 WR. That's not right. That Give me one second. I'm going to make sure that that's actually correct. Yeah, so Texas is number three in terms of WRC plus versus left-handed pitching, right behind Atlanta, who is number two, tied for number one with the Tampa Bay Rays. Texas has a 124 WRC plus versus lefties. That's the same as Baltimore, which I think that's a pretty good comp right there between what you saw with the Braves versus Baltimore uh, for what you might be able to see for them tonight. It's not an easy task for Jared Schuster tonight, but you kind of had to. You can't be rolling out bullpen games every two or three days. That's just that that's not going to work over the course of a season. You're going to burn out a bullpen that's already at a dangerously high workload. That's not something you want to see. I know I, I've been waiting to see when they when they take the reins off of Michael Soroka and give him one of these starts. He did make a start on normal rest, so technically he was available. But from what it sounds from Alex Anthopoulos, it doesn't sound like they want to bring Soroka up until they're confident he's going to stay up. They're not really looking to have him kind of spot start. They want him, when he comes up, to remain in the rotation. Ultimately, I still think that's going to be what happens. His last start in Gwinnett, he did give up a three-run homer in the first inning, but he pitched really, really well after that uh, and blanked them after that. Pitched well for the most part outside of a bad first inning. Now, he is getting a lot of ground balls, and the stuff is still looking good. Snit mentioned consistency when talking about Michael Soroka. Part of the problem with that, though, is if Soroka's going to give up a lot of ground balls, has been his MO throughout the entirety of his professional career, Gwinnett's not going to do him any favors. It's a bad, bad, bad defense few guys playing out of position but just not a good defense entirely so if it's a guy that's relying on ground balls stuff the, the numbers might not reflect much now we'll see how Schuster does tonight obviously I'd like to see a good start and see Atlanta go on a little bit of a roll after losing four straight just not a not a fun time as far as Braves country luckily the rest of the NL East is still kind of struggling to even get to 500 as the uh the Mets who've been in the midst of the easiest schedule in baseball for the last 10 games or so uh, got blown out again last night. Last night was it? Yeah, got 
got blown out 10 to 3 by the Nationals. The Mets are now 20 and 22 with Washington at 18 and 23. The Mets are closer to the Nationals than they are to the Braves. You look at the Phillies. That's the team that's probably going to be the biggest competition for the Braves this year, especially now that they have Bryce Harper back. Phillies are sitting there at 20 and 21 after losing 6 to 3 to the San Francisco Giants last night. So you look at the Marlins. I don't see the Marlins as a as a real challenge to the Braves. I don't. I would think I think it would be hilarious if they finished second in the division, but I don't really see them as a as a true threat. And you look at them and they're at 20 and 21. So they and, and Philadelphia are kind of tied. That's all well and good. That then I'm, I'm trust me, I'm happy that the Braves when we're having to deal with injuries and things like that. This is what happens. This is why you want to get out to a hot start. I'm happy with all of that. I would like to not rely on the rest of the division being garbage. I don't want the NL East to turn into the NL or the AL Central, where it's just one good team, and we don't really know how good they are in relation. Now, look, don't take that to mean that I'm saying the Braves are bad. The Braves are, I, and I still think, I fully believe, the most talented team top to bottom uh, in baseball. There's just not much else. I, I think there are a few really good teams. I don't think there are a lot of teams that are as good as the Braves. And this is something where all the depth that the Braves generated in the offseason, it helps them out. Because you're getting great work from Kevin Pillar. We haven't seen Sam Hilliard in what feels like a month, but that's you know kind of to be expected. It's what I thought was going to happen once Michael Harris came back. And Sam kind of Sam kind of regressed and came back down to earth while Eddie Rosario started hitting the ball a lot harder. One guy that hasn't been hitting the ball very well at all over the past, really, for you know since he signed that extension is Austin Riley. Good news is, now, Austin did only have one hit last night. He went one for five, but he made that one hit count. He hit a, a hit a pretty big home run, uh, another two-run shot. As the Braves hit, get this, five two-run homers yesterday. First time that's happened since 2019 when the Oakland Athletics did it. Uh, the Braves, though, getting 12 runs off of five, five, Two run homers. Ronald Acuna providing one of those, by the way. Ronald Acuna, who went one for four with three strikeouts, so now his his strikeout rate's officially higher than his walk rate. Hit another ball 450-plus feet. This one wasn't even a strike. Hit it 454 feet at 116 miles an hour. If you want some crazy numbers on Ronald Acuna, get this. Five of his nine home runs have gone 440-plus feet. It's nearly three times as many as the second-place guy. There's two guys that are tied with two homers, or like five guys tied with two 440-plus foot homers. Ronald has five of them. He's hitting over 500 on four-seam fastballs. Oh, and six of his nine home runs have been hit at 114 miles an hour or faster. He's your MVP this year. Pull up his stat cast page if you just want a, a nice little chuckle. It's one of the most incredible things I've ever seen. Don't look at defense. I'll tell you right now. I'm, I'm about over stat cast's defensive metrics. Look, I know Ronald doesn't get good jumps on baseballs, but they've got him in like the 10th percentile of outs, of, of outs above average. It's just not true. It's just it's not true. They've also got Orlando RC in like the 52nd percentile for arm strength. It's just not true. It's just you, you can't rely on those, certainly not during a season. Maybe at the end of the year you can look back and, and get something out of them. But I think that's one area where I think, I think Fangraphs has it better. I think DRS is probably a little bit better. That's just... There's too many things that are just inexplicable, too, too large of a gap. And look, I don't want to say the eye test is all you need to do because obviously the eye test is not foolproof um, for a number of players. That, that's you know just something that we've kind of learned. But that doesn't mean that the eye test is completely wrong or should be thrown out. And that, that's one of those cases where you can tell watching that a guy is a better defender than he's getting credit for. And that's going to be the case with Ronald. Uh, but either way, even if you want to take the stat cast numbers and say the defense is terrible, which is, it's not clearly, it's why every player says it's not. And 
you know, people don't want to run on Ronald and, you know, why he's able to do what he's able to do. But even with that, it's going to be hard for him to keep this pace all season, but if he does, he's going to run away with an MVP. It's going to be a unanimous MVP. He's crushing everybody. And there's basically no splits. He's got like a 179 WRC plus versus lefties, like a 173 versus righties. He's crushing everybody. Every mistake pitch you make right now is getting hit out of the yard or getting hit 115 miles an hour. He's just he's he's barreling everything in his path. The launch angle's starting to rise. It's now at 6.1. It's the first time this year it's been up over six. So he's starting to kind of get to that point where where he's gonna start lifting and going one of these home run binges. He's got 16 steals on the season. He's just the best player in baseball right now is Ronald Acuna Jr. Sean Murphy, he's kind of cooled off a little bit, at least from the standards of what he was setting. He's still been pretty daggum fantastic, and that's all well and good. The Braves are going to have to have that, at least for a while. And this is something that, that if you can get the rest of the lineup going here, and by the way, don't look now, but Ozzy Albies has slowly started heating up. He's now sitting at 264, 301, 515. He's got an 816 OPS this season. Now part of that is part of that for him on the OPS is always going to be low just because he doesn't really walk. But you look at him, and he's got 10 homers on the campaign. He's number two on the team behind Matt Olson. 10 homers, 30 RBI. Ozzy's really started to heat up. I'd like the defense to get a little bit better. Not used to seeing Ozzy have so many balls bounce off the edge of his glove and not be able to come up with them. But, you know, he'll, he'll, I, I'm confident that'll turn around. You look, at Sean, you look at Sean Murphy. He's hitting 268 with a 404 OBP and a 561 slug. That's a 965 OPS. A second on the team, only behind Ronald's 1024. Matt Olson, who started off the season so hot, he's down to 227 uh, in the average department. He has a 367 OBP and a 500 slugging. You'll take that. I don't know that that's what I want in the two hole, but hey, it's working. I'm not going to mess with it. And I, I, I think Snitch just likes having the first baseman in the two hole. I think he got used to it with Freddie, and that's, you know, he's just basically going to have Matt do whatever Freddie did. Uh, you look around, and Marcelo Zuna, who, by the way, as much as I think the Braves should have let him go years ago, uh, and I'll stand by that no matter what he does this year. No matter what he does this year, what he's done the past two-plus seasons is still was still more than worthy enough to be DFA'd. He was the worst player in baseball. Um, but month of May, he's been crushing it. His average is 172, 274, 434 with a 709 OPS. And I know those numbers don't sound good because they're not. They're pretty bad. But if you just look at the month of May... Marcelo Zuna has really, really kind of turned things around, and it's been much needed because Austin Riley hasn't been hitting. You needed somebody else to at least provide some sort of power. Now that you've got Orlando Arcia back in the lineup, you're really doing well there as Orlando is just looks fantastic. But you look at Marcel, and I'm going to pull up his, his May numbers here for you. Um, overall, again, hasn't done much to write home about for the last two-plus years, but at least for the month of May, in 10 games in May, He's got six homers. He's got more homers than he does. He's got the same amount of home runs as he does other hits. He's got more extra base hits than he does singles. 12 RBI, scored 11 runs. Also has six walks, which should be noted. Six walks to seven strikeouts. Hitting 300 in the month of May. Overall line for the month of May here. Um, he's got a uh, 300 average with a 391 OBP, a 775 slugging, and an 1166 OPS. It's good for a 200 WRC+. Plus. For his, if, if, if he's going to be playing, I'd, I'd like him to be playing like this. Now, his at-bats have come at the expense of Travis Darneau, who kind of hasn't really gotten back into the swing of things just yet, and that's okay. As long as I don't see Sean Murphy turning into a part-time player, then if that means that Travis has to ride the bench while Marcel's hot, and that's just kind of how it goes. 
you know, you're not going to have spots for everybody on the team. I'd like for them to be able to work in Sam Hilliard every once in a while to be able to kind of keep him hot, especially versus righties. But you know what? Just kind of is what it is. We'll see what happens today. Uh, it's going to be a later game. I will be doing Braves the pregame with Kevin McAlpin and Ford leadoff show with Kevin McAlpin. So I'm sure we'll talk about all this a little bit later on this evening. Uh, going to be a lot to get to. I'm hopefully, hoping the Braves can go out and, and make another statement. That's what last night really felt like. It it felt like a statement game. It felt like one of those games where the team kind of comes together and says, hey, that's enough of that. Let's go out there and show what we are. That's kind of exactly what last night felt like. I'd like to see them keep that going. Now, I'm not going to say they need to separate themselves in the NL East. That's fine, whatever. They're, they're going to... I fully think they're going to win the East. The Dodgers have kind of come around and started playing well, so the Dodgers took the overall NL record lead back from the Braves. That's nice. That's gravy. I don't really care. I just want to see the Braves playing the baseball that they're capable of playing. And it's nice to be able to cover up when some of the guys are struggling, but I'd like to see Michael Harris get back going. Uh, and against Dane Dunning, again, a guy that's going to throw a lot of soft stuff, uh, a guy that's going to give up a lot of contact, I'd really, really like to see Michael start to lift some of those a little bit. I think that's that's kind of exactly what I want to see from him. If he can get that out of the way, that's what I'm wanting to do. Give me that. Give me him kind of lifting the ball. Those home runs will start to fall for him. The base hits will start to fall. With the rest of the bottom of the lineup, namely Orlando Arcia, really, really hitting and playing the level of defense he's playing, I think the Braves can go back to having what I thought was one of the deepest lineups in baseball. At this point, though, just well done for what they've done dealing with what they've been dealing with. But we're getting to the point where I'd like to see the rest of the team start to heat up. That's Austin Riley, which I hope the home run yesterday really, really is that kind of setting off point. There were a couple at-bats in Toronto where he was hitting the ball in the air, which is what you wanted to see, and he was kind of hitting the ball fairly decently. The strikeouts have been really piling up. And like I've said with Matt Olson, I can deal with strikeouts, but you got to have the power and the on-base to offset it. And that's what I'm waiting for for Riley. The home runs start to fall for him in bunches. If he can kind of get hot right now, that'll help the team a lot. Murphy, he was just torching red hot all season long. If he goes into a little bit of a cold streak, somebody else is going to need to step up and take uh, take the onus on themselves so that Ronald's not trying to do everything. Ozzy has quietly been outstanding. Marcel's been really good in the month of May. Eddie's been really good in the month of May, swinging the bat really, really well. So kind of at this point, it's just kind of Michael Harris. You get Michael Harris going here, this Braves team is going to put up a lot of runs on a routine basis. They're going to need to until we figure out what they're going to do with two spots in the rotation. Maybe it'll be Jared Schuster if he goes out and has a really good start tonight. I wouldn't be shocked if he stays in the rotation for a little bit. Maybe it'll be Mike Soroka at some point. I'm sure we'll see Dylan Dodd up again at some point. But if it doesn't look good for Schuster tonight, I'm going to be hammering the idea that the Braves need to make a trade for a pitcher. And I don't think there's a better I don't think there's a better fit. Although I will say they're playing a little they're playing better recently, but the Cardinals. Now, it's going to be a lot more difficult now they're playing well. I think you might have missed your opening there. But Jordan Montgomery and Dylan Carlson from the Cardinals, that would be a very very good trade for the Braves to be able to make. There are a few other guys that I think could do it. There's some other like maybe Lucas Giolito from the White Sox, although I don't really like Giolito. You're not going to get Dylan Cease, so give up that pipe dream. Um, as we get closer and closer to the deadline, you'll see some more guys become available depending on which teams are kind of out of it or kind of buried in their division. But for now, I'm just going to hope that Schuster has a good start tonight, that he's able to kind of do his thing and stick around in the rotation for a little bit because, like I said, kind of done with bullpen games. 
All right, that's going to do it for me today. Again, I'll be back on the air tonight doing Braves pregame and for leadoff with Kevin McAlpin. That'll start at 6.05. Looking forward to seeing you guys there. We'll be back again on Thursday for the 643 Podcast. That's all, folks. What are your plans for your business this year? Hey, it's Tug. Do you want to expand and grow? Aren't you exhausted by going to lenders, building a relationship, and a week later, you got a new person to deal with? You have to start all over again? You don't have that with First Liberty Building and Loan. The Frost family has been helping businesses grow since the 90s, and they want to know you. Unlike big banks, they want to partner with you. The Frost family knows the patterns. They know the ebbs and flows. They know business. Get to know them at FirstLibertyGA.com. Building a building? Buying a building? Buying a franchise? Expanding? Reach out to them. Spend 10 minutes with them. See if you're a fit for them and if they're a fit for you. You do that at FirstLibertyGA.com. And by the way, if you're a young banker and want to work with a team that is faith-friendly and has a culture of excellence, First Liberty might be a good match. Reach out to them today. First Liberty Building and Loan. FirstLibertyGA.com. That's FirstLibertyGA.com.